0: Imagine the Possibilities is dedicated to empowering people to reach individual achievement across the spectrum of life. We believe in creating lasting relationships, empowering people for success, and cultivating joy. Our team of passionate people work each day to serve our communities in ways that create a lasting impact. We believe in creating opportunities for people with disabilities to achieve goals, build skills, and celebrate all that's possible. If you want to learn more about us or join our exceptional team, visit us at Imagine Org.
1: Unorthodox—that's what I would call what we just saw in Camp Randall Stadium, and uh, we're going to go with that theme throughout the post-game show. And as you can see, I'm in a very unorthodox place. I'm not going to divulge where I'm at. You can guess. I am in Madison, fresh off a uh, trip into Camp Randall, and what a game we had! I feel like we're missing something. I say that every week. Let me see. Ah, yes. 20.9 is the new number. As we've got about 500 people here waiting, a couple of heads up uh, notes here before we get going. First of all, what a win. I will going on the road and I don't care how it looks. I mean, I do care how it looks. Let's not be, It's called call a spade a spade. I do care what it looks like, right? It matters what it looks like when we're talking about resume, when we're talking about the college football playoff, but as it relates to this division and as it relates to the conference race, uh, it really does not matter. All right. I take this earbud out for now. Um, it really does not matter. And I think most people acknowledge that if Iowa was going to go into camp Randall and win this game, it was going to be a low scoring game, man, the passing offense, the pass offense is completely non-existent. Um, Eric, all going down in this game. It sounds like it's potentially serious. Um, I don't think it's the right of me or anybody in the media to assume or speculate that it's season ending three seconds after it happens or 10 minutes after it happens. Uh, I made the comment uh, a couple weeks ago regarding Cade McNamara that I'd be surprised if he played another down. I'll say the same thing about Eric Hall, but I have no inside information on that. I don't think anybody does. Um, we're waiting to be joined by Tom Cakert, who will be jumping on with us. Um, if you're here to, to see coach Don Patterson, Coach Patterson is actually working television right now for ESPN+. He's doing a Missouri Valley Conference game this evening, so he will not be with us. He'll be with us, I believe, Monday. So we initially talked about a Sunday show. I believe we're, we're actually pushing that back to Monday. And if you've done the math, you'll figure out, you have figured out that I'm in Madison right now. I will be at the crossover at Kinnick tomorrow afternoon. Okay, so the idea that we're going to be able to do a post game show uh, with Don after this post game show and and somehow get back to my home base in Ames, not reasonable, not feasible. So one thing at a time. But I am excited to be here with you, at least for the next hour here, folks. We're going to talk about this win and uh, so many different guidelines and, and so many different stats to, uh, to uncover. And you look at the rushing numbers, and I'll tell you, Standing there in the stands. And by the way, it's always a beautiful thing. when you can go on the road and get a win. Thankfully, um, I've been a part of, been able to be at both road venues where Iowa has won this year uh, against two rivals, Iowa State and Wisconsin. And um, just a beautiful thing when you can consistently stand up and, and turn and look at the crowd with your hand up, signifying fourth down over and over and over again. And Iowa's defense was relentless. Man, Sebastian Castro is good. Man, Cooper to Gene is good. Um, I thought Jamari Harris played really well. That was a clean um, pass defense in the end zone. I know the crowd wanted a, a PI. It was a clean play. Um, and I just thought overall, Iowa's linebackers, Nick Jackson, Jay Higgins playing really good football right now. Uh, front four still is not creating a lot of pressure when you look at, uh, you know, a four-man rush, but they're getting the job done. And um, I think that's all you can really – Uh, hope for at this point Phil's not going to bring a ton of pressure unless he needs to and he did at a great time following the timeout late that created the safety and uh, he's a magician as it relates to uh, when to dial up pressure but he's not a he's not a a big blitz guy and they don't have a man beater at the edge on the edge that uh, can kind of disrupt things in the passing game consistently Uh, Joe Evans also was dinged up in this game we'll see um, what his status is moving forward so uh, without further ado, I believe we have the man of the hour, Mr. Tom Kekert. Tom, good to see you, not, sir.
2: I am not the man of the hour. Uh, would be <laughs> well, be Tor- Tory Taylor or uh, Tory Taylor. I'm going to say, Lashawn,
1: Man, I, Tom, as I'm, am standing there, and of course, I'm, I'm guessing you were able to to enjoy the warm press box. I'm out in the stands in this game, and I'm. You know, you're watching the game and, and and kind of came to a realization in the fourth quarter, like Iowa hasn't had many negative runs. And typically oh. in a game against Wisconsin, Iowa's rushing attack gets hit for negative four, negative five, and it completely disrupts drives. Now, granted, the Iowa offense was not great today. Nobody's claiming that it was. But how important was it to stay ahead of the chains? And I'm sure Kirk probably talked about that post game.
2: Yeah, just being able to, although there was that stretch after the um after the 82 yard touchdown run where i think they went six straight drives going three and out and that was a troublesome times for for the the hawkeyes for sure but but they were able to just you know it it, it was a little bit of everything it was cory taylor punting the ball it was um you know LeShawn getting first downs it was the defense getting a safety and creating turnovers uh, late in the game where I thought they kind of broke wisconsin out at, at one point uh in the fourth when they started creating more, more turnovers so it was just a lot of things and um it's the resiliency of this team it's not pretty I mean 15 six is just it's not it's um and and I get that um, fans get upset because people nationally are gonna poke fun at Iowa but boy it 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 beats, uh, there's, you know, winning solves everything. And Iowa threw for 37 yards today. Deacon Hill completed six of 14 for 37 yards. Incredible. And Iowa went into one of the toughest places in the Big Ten at 115.6. That's all you say. It's incredible.
1: Um, well, Sean Williams was really good. Obviously, he busts the big run, and that seems to be the trademark for this offense. If they can get a big play, and, yeah. you know, I said it after it happened, you probably said the same thing, Tom, like that one play, you're thinking that might be enough.
2: <laughs> might. I was thinking that for a while. that, And it, and it would and have
1: been. In hindsight, it would have been.
2: I had made some jokes uh, earlier earlier in the week. I'd said that if Iowa was going to win this game, it had to look something like the uh, 2015 win, which was 10 to six up here. And... I'll be gosh if it almost didn't end up being ten to six until the safety and the field goal. Uh because it just it just felt like that was where this was headed and um and you got the turnovers late, just like you did in that um the the 2015 game where Iowa got the goal line stand uh late in the game against Joel Stave. So they just find ways to win. And yeah, you know, it's just uh and you just wonder What's the breaking point? You know, because the injuries are piling up. I mean, uh, Kirk did not seem very optimistic about Eric All, at all. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, he just felt like it was. I think his term was it didn't look. It doesn't look good. But they're going to wait to confirm things on Monday or Tuesday. But um, when you see them doing the ACL test on the field, that's never a good look. And um, you know, it's just the piling up apparently I, I i didn't see it because i was headed down towards the field area but apparently why black left the game late with some sort of shoulder thing but i i didn't really see it and nobody asked about it post game so i don't know that everyone's the media saw it but uh, hopefully he's okay because boy you know he, that thump he put on uh on the quarterback in the in the safety was was something so and they they're until they get Noah Shannon back, boy, they've got to have Logan Lee and YA out there because it it their their ability to stop the run decreases uh, pretty significantly when it's Graves and Pittman out there.
1: I'm curious, Tom, if it, and obviously again,
2: uh, 15 to six win
1: on the road in Camp Randall, you're never going to complain. But there are two plays that I want to bring up, and I'm curious if Kirk was asked about sure. them. Um, it felt like the two fourth down calls could have been reversed. Like yep. just maybe, maybe you, you sneak the ball in the second and you kick the field goal in the first. I, I was a big advocate for them to send in Drew on that first field goal. Um, they, they end up going for it. And, uh, you know, those three points off the board, potentially three points off the board, could have loomed large. They did not. I'm just curious if those fourth down decisions were brought up. I'm guessing those were Kirk's ultimate decision.
2: Yeah, there were his decisions. I didn't really have any problems with it because I think he just wanted to get points on the board, uh, the, on the on the one field goal and not go for it. Because I get it that you think, wow, well, you can put them away, but uh, you know you can continue a drive, eat more clock. But I think he just wanted to make it more than a field goal game at that point and, and just get the take the points, get up. So they've got to score a touchdown, and you trust your defense that has shut them out from the end zone to be able to keep them out of the end zone. So I think that's probably, you know, his thinking is just, well, let's, let's get the points, trust your trust Drew Stevens. He's one of the best kickers uh, in the Big Ten, and and uh, get those points.
1: How do you feel about the first fourth down call where you go for it and you could have kicked the field goal with Drew from about yeah. 40, 48, 49 yards in the first half?
2: Yeah, I I wondered about that one, but I I think it's just situationally he just wanted to probably just see what they could do there, sustain the drive more, get a little bit better, and trust your trust your offense at that point. But once it gets later in the second half, you're just you, know, you got a, a comfort, you know you got a little bit of a lead, you want to tack on some points.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I definitely had less of an issue with the the late. Shot and what a what a kick by Drew Stevens! I know his his numbers from, from forty to forty five in his career have not been the best, but that he just drilled that kick. And I'm just curious. Uh, you brought up Eric All. Um, I know Kirk talked a little bit with his during his radio show with Gary on Wednesday about the health of a couple other guys. Um, was there any update given on Addison Estringa?
2: No, uh, going to be? I thought he was going to be back because Kirk kind of hinted that way on Tuesday that thought maybe he was going to be back because he mentioned like Nick DeYoung and um, and he mentioned that Jazz Patterson, it might be another week and we get to see Jazz out there today. So right. um, I think the maybe the two other kind of under the radar things that are going on now is Deshaun Lee and TJ Hall are both out. Uh, the only hint Kirk has given on Deshaun is that it's going to be a while before he's back. Yeah. So... Um, uh, but, you know, they're thin it right now. I mean, they're going to have to go to Devin Hilson or uh, Brendan DeS Fernandez. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, like,
1: I will openly admit I've been an advocate for exploring running Cooper on a few plays on offense here or there. You know. want to call them gadget plays. I'm not going to do it if Deshaun Lee and
2: uh, – They all are out.
1: Yeah, DJ. they're not going to do it if those two guys are out. And they would probably wouldn't do it anyways, but I, I, I'm i not going to push that as long as those guys are out. And I, Devin Hilson didn't have a, what you'd say, a Kodak moment on the fair catch interference tonight.
2: Um, it was not a good moment for him. No, it was He knew it, uh, but I've never seen so many, so many flags thrown on punts than today for both teams. It was like four, five, six penalties on punts. Um, blocks in the back and holding and just, it was wild. Never seen it.
1: I'm just curious. What was the overall feel from Kirk regarding his offensive line after tonight? I mean, 179, 174 yards for, for Lashon Williams, obviously 82 on one. So it's, you know, 24 carries for about hundred yards. You take away a long run, which you can't do. And then Caleb Johnson ran for 41 run game. looks solid as good as it's looked
2: up in Madison. He is, uh, uh, I don't want to say he's feeling vindicated, but I bet he's feeling vindicated, you know, for as much heat as he took, you know, and he put himself out there early in the year. Absolutely. And said the offensive line was going to be better and they're going to be improved. And the first few weeks I was like, "Eh, Kirk, I think you're maybe, I I jokingly said he was trying to speak it into existence and um, he's proven me wrong. They're playing well and they're and the biggest thing they've done the most interesting thing i think is that they have changed their stripes they're not an inside zone outside zone team anymore they're they're a counter team you know they're just they're that's how they're making their bread and butter right now and wait you know who would have thought that the the big run was uh kind of sprung in some ways you know there are a lot of guys involved in springing that that Lashawn went, including Lashawn, who, you know, truck, you know, kind of, uh, just stiff armed a guy into the ground. Uh, but uh, Johnny Pescuzi and Hayden Large were two of the guys that, and if you had those guys on the bingo card for spring and touchdowns against Wisconsin, good luck. You know, that was and, uh, and
1: Hayden Large not has not been. I mean, f- fullback has been used less
2: this year oh, than ever. A lot less. Yeah, a lot less, and. You know, now it's going to be. Uh, boy, I hope they can get Ostranek back here next week uh, because they need him. They're running. They're running short. I mean,
1: uh, where, where does this? I mean, short. I, I'm assuming, I, I don't know if Kirk was asked specifically about the passing game, but it. I mean, I think the average fan looks at this and and the offense was was never good. The last three years, it hasn't been good. It was not it was not good with K. It wasn't good with Lachey yeah. and all full health, fully yep. healthy. Well, those guys are gone. Estrenga's gone. Cade's gone. Uh, They have been dinged up at running back. Now they seem to be rounding out to health there, knock Uh on wood. Is the passing game broken, Tom? And does does Kirk, how how does he approach that right now?
2: I don't know. It's just they've lost so much, too. That's the other thing. they lost so much there. And you lost your starting quarterback, your two best tight ends, who were your two best receivers this year, and you've lost all those things. So... To a passing game that wasn't great to begin with. Right. So it's, it's, uh, uh, Kirk likes to always use the term, it's like you're playing left handed. You know, yeah. you're just playing with your hand that you don't use. So it's, it's a challenge. But I think, though, you know, Deacon got better marginally. You know, I thought he was better today than he was last week. Did you? Um, okay. Yeah. I thought he was. <laughs> At least early, he was. Early, yeah. I thought he was. Once he didn't he have as many, out uh, again air-mailed passes. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't the anxiousness. His feet were were better. And I I thought in the second half, he was playing not to lose instead of to win. Yeah. And he was playing not to make a mistake and holding the ball too long. And and, and
1: this coaching staff, been coaching staff was playing not to lose. I mean, we were running on third and six from midfield. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's an indication that hey we we trust our defense, we want we want field position and we'll do anything not to give up field position. So um yeah, Tory Taylor talk a little bit about uh, about what just your thoughts on him uh Tom and where would this team be without him? Where would they have been the last two and a half years? With who? Without Tory. Oh my god.
2: It's so good.
1: I mean, just five hundred five hundred six so 506 yards today.
2: 506 yards of punting. <laughs> punting is winning. It is.
1: It's <laughs> on 10 punts. He's averaging yeah. he averaged 51 a punt.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. six inside yeah. the 20. So uh well, Tom, I, I appreciate it. And uh is there anything I missed? Anything in particular that Kirk talked about post-game or maybe some availability with players? I'm
2: assuming you got to talk to some of the guys. One of the fun moments of tonight was we're sitting in the press room, which is right next to where the Iowa players locker room is. And uh, all of a sudden we hear that loud screech and the jumping begins, jump around was played in the Iowa locker room after the game. So um, yeah, they were having a little fun. They were having I, a little fun. Tom, you
1: probably said, I tweeted out during the game. I, I am, I've never been to Camp Randall before today. and. I'm sort of appalled by the fact that the students get there a quarter and a half, two quarters late.
2: well, part of part of that is they have to come in in a very, very single file organized manner because years ago they had a, an incident where some students were killed in a trampoline kind of situation. So they're very sensitive to it. So they make sure that they come in in a very organized, slow manner.
1: Okay. Well, and then they leave, but they leave after the, after jump around. I mean, there were a lot of guys that were, it was one score game and the student section was clearing out.
2: Oh yeah. We got gotta to <laughs> got gotta to get the Wando's. you got to, you got to get the state street brats. you got to get to, to, um, you know, Dane's dairy, dairy bar. You got to get to all those places.
1: Absolutely. Tom, appreciate it. Uh, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Be sure to check out uh, he and his team's coverage always. Working hard in the beat, and um, Tom, again, there's no complaining about a winning camp. Randall, and uh, we hope we're talking about another one. We got Minnesota next week, is, is that right? I mean,
2: look at the schedule. Minnesota, next week, and it's Iowa now. I, I, I said it coming into the game. Iowa sits in the driver's seat now. You know, uh, this Ohio State team, or this this Wisconsin team, is not going to beat Ohio State, so they're going to take another L. So Iowa has one loss to play with, the rest of the way, Correct. and they'll be favored in probably every game. I would think. You know, they're going to be favored next week. They'll Is be it? favored against against Rutgers and uh, Northwestern and Illinois, and probably favored at Nebraska. So if they go four and one the rest of the way, you know, there's going to—I uh, I still think somebody's going to grab them and get them, you know, they'll just, you know, it's a law of averages, right? They could run the table. They could run the table. Yeah, it uh, wouldn't surprise me if they ran the table. And then uh, you're going to Indianapolis to face maybe Michigan? And you win that. I jokingly uh, asked uh, Todd Varmelkamp uh, tonight when we were sitting there waiting for the players and coaches what the line would be for Iowa, Michigan, and, and Indianapolis. And he said 27.
1: It was uh, Michigan was favored by, I think, 30, 33,
2: 33 today, okay, 33 34.
1: boy, 27 is pretty high, but they put
2: 50, they, they put 52 points up today.
1: can set Iowa defense. Yeah. They put it 30 and they beat them by 39, two years ago. So that was a really good defense in 21. Last question for me, Tom. Yeah. I asked this to Mark Rogers on Tuesday and, and preseason, I would have told you, yes, absolutely. It's obvious. Don't even need to talk about it if they're 11 and one assuming they keep winning this way because the way they play right now and the injuries they're dealing with they're going to keep winning games tom but they're going to win a lot of close games and ugly games it's not just if they're playing northwestern right they're going to be blowing through those teams so those are going to be ugly wins just like this one was they may lose one in there but if they do run the table and they're 11 and one are they in a position where they win the big 10 title they're into the 14 playoffs What does the committee do if they're 12 and 1 Big 10 champs with a win over either Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, given the 31 0 blowout against Penn State, given the schedule, and given how they play? What does the committee do?
2: They'd have to put them in the playoff. The Big 10 champion is going into the playoff.
1: So let me ask you this 12 and 1, 12 and 1 Big 10 champion, Iowa, right? With a win, Mm -hmm. singular win over you, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. You're telling me they're going to get in over potentially an 11 and 1. East team that doesn't make the championship. What if what if Michigan has one loss, but loses out on the tiebreak? How, how about
2: this? How about this? Which which would really mess it up? If it's Iowa, eleven and one, Penn State is 11, finishes eleven and one, but out of the out of exactly. the money, yeah. And Michigan could, then then I think you've got an argument, with Penn State. I think you do ahead it's- of Iowa.
1: And the schedule is but as then, drastically- but then, and, but
2: then do you say, do you say Michigan's out because Iowa beat them head to head or Ohio State's out because Iowa beat them head to head? Probably, <laughs> so you take Iowa and Penn State I think it's that win over mighty Iowa.
1: People may laugh at us for having this conversation, Tom. I think it's a plausible conversation to be had. And I think given the schedule yeah. and given this win tonight, it's time for Iowa fans to start rooting against Ohio State, Penn State and Michigan. To rack up as many losses as possible before December.
2: So, have, uh, we'll have one of those teams getting a loss next week. Yep. Yep. Penn State, Ohio State
1: next week. So,
2: yep. yep. Tom, appreciate
1: you taking the time. We'll talk to you after Floyd it. next week. I'll
2: talk to you soon, okay? Thank you, you sir. Safe Travels, brother. Thank you, you. too.
1: All right. Appreciate Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com. Certainly check out his great work. His whole team doing tons of great stuff there over at On Three now, and he's been on the beat. Uh, Tom's been a part of. Hawkeye Sports for a long, long time. Speaking of being a part of Hawkeye Sports, want to thank our sponsor, first of all, Brad Van Meter and his team down at State Farm. He's been a part of coverage here from the Hawkeye of the Storm here throughout football season, and he was with us last basketball season. If you need uh, cheaper insurance and good coverage through an agent that will care about you, care for your needs, Give Brad and his team a call at 515-256-6480. He's out of Des Moines, but he'll help you regardless of where you live in the state of Iowa. Again, 515-256-6480, or visit him online at bradvanmeter.com. Also, Iowa Smokehouse, you've seen their banner scrolling across the bottom of your screen. If you want a better quality snack for game day, especially as it's getting colder, man, meat and beer and chili and all these things that... Uh, We, as uh, guys, girls alike, for game day need, uh, certainly check out Iowa Smokehouse. You can buy their awesome products in your local grocery stores, but, man, you'll get a great deal by uh, ordering online through our code. It's the code HAWKEYES at iowasmokehouse.com. Again, that's the code HAWKEYES at iowasmokehouse.com. Use that code HAWKEYES for 15% off your order. Tasting is believing with Iowa Smokehouse. All right, folks, we are gonna take some calls here. The, uh, yeah, the 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 link to join the show is in the chat. We got a couple of people on hold. I know I'm way behind in the comments section, folks. If you have a comment or a question that you want me to address, there's no way I can get through all the comments. I'm a one man show this evening. I normally am a one and a half, two men show. Um, Don is more than two men, but uh, if I can at least have a uh, moderator in the chat, I don't have that this evening. So, if you need, a, if you have a question, you want me to answer a question or address a comment, have it up on the screen. Please um, share it with the super chat, and uh, we'll get that comment up on the screen. Let's go to OS for Hawks, who's been on hold. OS for Hawks, welcome.
3: Can you hear me all right, Corey? You're loud and clear, sir. Perfect. And I'm going to preface this by saying I am not going to say one single thing about play calling and BF. Okay. All right. Uh, One thing I want to say the first thing, punt interference call uh, against Iowa. Um, I watched the game. Our guy was never within that yard zone, whatever, but then hit the guy. All I'm saying is. I think maybe there could have been an unnecessary roughness call, but as far as interference, I don't think he was within that zone.
2: I'm a Devin so, Hilson.
3: Yeah, yeah. He was – the the the, the, um, the guy receiving the ball from um, Wisconsin was moving to the right. Hilson was to his right. He was moving to the right. And there's supposed to be that yard buffer, and I don't think he was. But anyway – Whatever. Um, We could just throw that out. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Sebastian Castro. That guy, he's been unbelievable the last three weeks. I mean. Well, he's been more more than
1: three weeks. He had a pick six against Iowa State. They don't get that pick six. They probably lose that
3: game. Agreed. But he's been playing lights out, and that's when I want to go about positives. Uh, Another thing, I know somebody said something about Graves. You know, if Graves – if Black's out, the Graves not – but Graves caused a fumble today. So, you know, I mean, I thought the D-line – I thought the D-line played better today than they had before. I thought Black played great. That guy's really improving. Um it's let's, hope he,
1: let's hope he's healthy. Let's hope he's yeah. healthy because Tom gave well, it. I, I, to I saw
3: know. the play and it looked like he landed kind of funny on a shoulder. So I don't know how bad it is. Uh, I, I remember the play. I thought I would give you that information. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too is the, uh, the catch early in the game by Green over Cooper DeGene. I honestly think there could have been offensive pass interference because if you looked at the play, green pushed off of cooper's helmet and got separation to catch that ball now i know that they were calling it they were calling a close all game you know they were allowing hand fighting um but i'm saying is i think green got an advantage by pushing off against cooper's helmet and was able to catch the ball i i and under my opinion that's where the lines should be drawn when you're talking about interference. Well, um,
1: and I made the comment there were a lot of, there's a lot of laundry on the field tonight. Tom mentioned that. Um, yeah. And the crowd was really upset with a couple of calls, the the no call on Jamari in the end zone. That was great coverage. And, uh, you know, the one thing I don't like about Camp Randall is they do not show as many replays now as, yeah. as Iowa does. And yeah.
3: um, I, I would Jamari, have learned- Yeah. There was, there was no interference with Jamari. You're right even you know and I, I i ran that play over a couple times as i was watching so yeah right. and the other thing i'd bring up the o-line i thought the run blocking was unbelievable at times tonight as much as i have ripped on the o-line previously i have to give them credit i mean i, I Lashawn had a hundred well 174 yards let's say 175 yards um and they were doing that it gets 8 and 9 in the box all night long and um i just um the one last thing well uh, two last things but i want i just want to state uh stevens kicking was that first kick would have been good from 60 plus
1: yeah that, that is oh. the one thing I I, I I the one thing i'll I'll uh speak my mind on because that's what i do here as you know, um, Brian should have kicked that field goal on fourth and three. And I, I shouldn't say Brian; that was a Kirk decision. That I agree. I kicked. agree with you on that kicked. call. I agree. should have been kicked. 40 agree, 49 100. yards. You've got to kick that football. You I agree, hundred percent. It was zero-zero at that point, so to get on the board first would have been huge. Yeah. But it didn't come back to bite him. But that was—I thought—that was a miss.
3: And I think we hit it. I got one last thing we hit on this earlier. Um, I did see that stringa early in the week, I saw something that Stringer was possibly going to be back this week. And after what happened tonight, I'm just saying, boy, I hope he's back because yeah, we're really going to need that, that help. But I'll tell you what, going into Camp Randall and winning the game and I have friends that live in Wisconsin. And thank you very much, Hawkeyes. This will make my next week very pleasurable. And that's all I got, Corey. Thank you. I appreciate your show so much. You do such a great job um, on the follow-up. Have a great weekend.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. DC Hawkeye in the chat. Thank you for the super chat. As Urban Meyer said this week with Iowa's defense, if they had a good offense, they'd be a national title contender. It's called opportunity loss all because of nepotism. Boy, DC Hawkeye not mincing words, not... Uh, obviously, I'm sure he's excited about the win as we all are, but uh, that is a fair estimation. And the offense is broken in large part. Now, the run game looked better today. Pass game is non existent. Play calling is still not very good, but they got the win. And as Tom said, boy, a win is a win when you're in Camp Randall. I know fans get tired of hearing that. Um, and yes, I was going to continue to be the punchline of college football when your quarterback throws for 37 yards and you're basically down, you're down your top three tight ends and you still only manage two receptions by receivers, by one receiver, actually it was Nico Raggaini, I believe who had the two receptions. That's incredible. And if you missed that little clip from the Big Ten Network with Urban Meyer, check it out because it was quite insightful in my opinion. Brian in the chat, do you have anything to say about Caleb Brown? Was he dressed or with the team? We were running out bodies to appear to catch the ball. Brian, I know the comment was made on Tuesday by Kirk that uh, Caleb was back with the uh, team, practiced well. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna share what people have told me. If you're on message, I'm, I'm guessing it's out there on message boards, people have been talking about this. It appears to me that somebody wanted the information that's out there, out there, right? And there were some rumors about you know Caleb and, and uh, some team meetings. I won't go any further than that. But if you heard those rumors, those are the same things that I was told, Brian. I've been told that by several people um, that uh, it involved something that happened with Caleb Brown and some team meetings. And you know, then kirk made the comment Tuesday that he was back and that he was having the practices. He wasn't out there today. I didn't see him dressed. I wasn't looking for him. Um, but I can tell you that uh, they do need him, man, man. They need him, and they kind of get these receivers involved. I know I've been saying that, man, at nauseum. But I mean, your tight ends are such a weapon, but, man, you're getting destroyed right now with injuries back there. Get your whiteouts involved. I mean, man, I, I and I know they don't have a lot of confidence in Deacon Hill. I think that's obvious right now. And I don't know that they should have a lot of confidence in Deacon Hill. But if Joe Labus and Marco Linez right now aren't ready, then then he's what you got, and you've got to figure out a way to get the ball to your whiteouts. Uh, Tom made the comment that uh, Iowa was uh, – Deacon was playing not to lose in that second half. The coaches were coaching not to lose in that second half. Um, they were not allowing Deacon to do anything, really. They took one shot. It was kind of just a Hail Mary shot from their own side of the field at one point. Everything else was basically a run, um, and it's fine. The run game worked, and they controlled field position. Tory Taylor controlled field position. This is how they win football games, folks. And uh, we can have the macro conversations um, about Iowa and about this program another night and uh, you know what this team looks like moving forward with a more difficult schedule. But the bottom line is this is how they win games right now. All right, let's go to our phone line. We'll see if we can get our phone line to work. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Uh,
4: hey Corey, this is uh, Matt in Knoxville. How are you doing
1: tonight? Doing good, Matt. How are you? Be quite honest.
4: Kind uh, of a bit I'm going to go out on the limb and say I give Iowa no chance to win this football game tonight. Um, solely on the fact that the last few times you've seen Iowa.
1: give brian a ton of credit for for doing that i mean i know what you're saying on that Uh, what else are they going to do they they have no faith in the passing game right now they're down their best pass catchers and you're right the run game was working i give brian credit some credit for the run game working because he's the oc just like i'm going to knock him when the offense isn't working i'm going to give him credit for the run game working now how much of that is george barnett and liddell betts and and you know the position coaches obviously kirk is i know i was told by someone who was at practice earlier in the week that kirk was really working with the offensive line as he should be but, no, it's fair to give Brian credit for, for the improvements. Um, as far as play calling, they just don't have many options right now. I mean, <laughs> there's not much working. And if the run game is halfway working, especially in a game like this where Wisconsin couldn't move the ball, um, control the ball, you know, avoid turnovers, avoid putting the ball in the air. And Deacon had some weird throws today that were bou- you know, bounced up in the air and could have easily been picked. And they kind of avoided disaster. And you're right. Uh, I give credit to the running backs as well because they held on the ball. Uh Lashawn ran with with courage and, and that's what you needed.
4: Yeah. I honestly think you know, it wasn't even about just the calling game, it's just realizing, you know, the adjustment of the game and how the flow of the game was going. And my other thought was I truly think that you know, Luke Fickle's I think a good football coach. Um nothing against him, but I I, I couldn't help but feel like in the so that's The game went along like if Wisconsin was what traditionally they have been the last decade or however long they've been playing a style of uh, while I've been watching, you know, they've been a, a traditional power offense to run game, and I, I just couldn't help but feel like if they, have, if they stuck with that, they would have won the game. But you're right, that's you know, the pickles are this style, and I feel like we kind of took advantage of that a little bit on defense. But I don't
1: know. Did you see that as well? I I was surprised. I'll say this. I was, I was surprised by um, how Wisconsin came out in that second half, moving the football uh, with the backup quarterback. And Iowa bent a lot in that third quarter. Um, Wisconsin got two field goals out of it, which is obviously it's a lot of points in the game. This little scoring. Um, so yeah, I don't know how to what to make of of that offensive attack. And and obviously, they're I don't want to say they're trying to put a, a square peg through a round hole or vice versa, but Uh, they they have so much personnel carryover from the Paul era, and Braylon Allen was really good in the second half at times, but you're, you're right. I don't know. It didn't look smooth. It didn't look connected with Mordecai, but it has. I mean, I think you got to give Iowa's defense credit. Uh, The the, the front four, even though it hasn't been real dominant in pass rushing, they're solid linebackers. I said earlier, solid, Um, obviously Cooper and Jamari and, and Xavier and, uh, you know, Sebastian are playing really well right now. So, I, I think I give more credit to the Iowa uh, defense for making that offense look kind of uh, befuddled and kind of disjointed. Because that's what I saw at least in that first half. And they got things going in the third quarter, but Iowa made adjustments and bent enough, but didn't break. Absolutely, and I tweeted it out after the
4: game. But like or not, America, Iowa football wins ugly. So I'll, I'll, my last point is just, you know, LaShawn Williams,
1: Sebastian Castro, Torrey Taylor, shot to those guys, go Hawks, and uh, have a good night. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, again, just uh, it's amazing with this defense. Um, I made the comment week one after that first performance. I didn't think I was D played very well against Utah State. I gave up on them getting 14 points. But uh, people have been saying, you know, people have said over the course of the first month of the season, eh, this defense has kind of taken a step back. And I, I've been hesitant to say that. Now, they don't have a Lucas Van Ness, right? They don't have Jack Campbell. I just have so much faith and confidence in Phil Parker. And if I don't know if Phil Parker was the one that called the timeout there when Wisconsin was uh, right prior to the Wisconsin safety, but he dialed up a blitz with Sebastian Castro on whatever whatever he dialed up that was different than the original play call, the initial play call was the right change. And Sebastian goes out there, makes a huge play on, on the quarterback. They force a fumble, ends up being a safety. And that, that really was the play that put the game away. And then, of course, Sebastian topped it off with an interception late. So um, just really impressed with everybody defensively. And, and they're a little undermanned right now. Again, dealing with some injuries uh, up, up front and injuries with some depth in the DB room. Um, Cooper DeGene is the most important player in this team right now. And I thought before the season started, I would have said it was Kate McNamara. He's out. Um, And I think offensively, Eric Hall was the most important player heading into the game. Now he's out. So who's the most important player on offense? Um, Probably, you know, probably LaShawn Williams right now. mean, I, I think he's right now, he's running with authority. I think Jazz Patterson has the potential to be the best back in this room, but he's still not 100%. Um, I just love the the quick twitch that LaShawn Williams has. Um, he finds the hole quickly. Um, he doesn't delay, if that makes sense. He doesn't dilly-dally getting up to the line. And uh, he's got good burst. He's got some breakaway speed, too. We've talked about Caleb Johnson's breakaway speed. How about LaShawn Williams' breakaway speed? Eric Goldberg. Thank you, Eric. Excuse me, Eric. Erica. Excuse me, Erica. Iowa's defense starting to look more like the Iowa defense we know and love. 100% Erica and uh, they just keep getting better it's amazing uh, even in spite of the offensive struggles we think about how bad this offense has been the defense has not missed a step over the last two and a half years really and in, in large part um, and you could argue that the offense is worse they're running the play ran the ball well today the pass game is is non-existent how many times did they punt today ten and yet the defense doesn't miss a beat it's incredible Kenton Sebastian Castro the human missile player of the game boy Kenton giving the player of the game award to sebastian castro i might surprise you with my player of the game award in a second this was a tough one but uh might surprise you actually i'll go ahead and well, let's go ahead and talk about my my player of the game so our rti rti excuse me rti threads player of the game is actually Lashawn williams 25 carries 174 yards on the ground 82 uh rushing yards and or excuse me 82 yard rush touchdown um, that really broke this game open and let's not forget that, as Tom said earlier, they Caleb's been dinged up, Jazz has been dinged up, and at one point, Leshawn was the only healthy back. Um, and this has been traditionally one of the toughest places to run the football. And uh, those are good numbers. I can, you just can't argue with those numbers. Even the naysayers, they say, well, yeah, you like 82 yards away, and he still ran for, what, 20 about 100 yards on, well, what, 92 yards on 24 carries? Those You can live with those numbers. And Caleb Johnson, I, you know, again – I test didn't tell me he had a great day, but, you know, forty-one yards. Um, you know, not great. Not a great average. Two point one is not a great average. Believe me, but they're getting less negative plays now than they were week two, and, and certainly far less negative uh, rushing plays than they were uh, last year. It appears to me, not being an, an offensive guy, it appears to me that a big part of that is the change with um, the adjustments with the counter, more counter action in the scheme. Um, not as much inside zone as Tom said earlier, but that's why we have Don Patterson. I'm going to be anxious to get his take once he watches this whole game back. And we talked to him on the air on, uh, on Monday. So Layshawn Williams is our RTI threads player of the game for his performance. Sebastian Castro, don't get me wrong, was great. Um, I thought Cooper to was really good. Tori Taylor was phenomenal. Um, hard to, hard to argue against a guy who punts for 500 some yards and averages like what, 50, 51 yards a and had a long of 60 and had like six he punts inside the 20. By the way, I do have my Cooper DeGene CD3 Laces Up shirt on. Be sure you check it out, folks. Visit cd3lacesup.com. All the links to our, des- our sponsors are in our description. Let's get to our next caller. Tony's on hold. Tony, welcome. Hey, Corey. How are you doing? Doing good, Tony. How are you?
5: Good. Um, looking forward to hearing from Don on Monday, but uh, that, I, I was just curious, when you look at the the possible paths to victory that could have gone for this game. I mean, everything went
1: nearly perfect, right? I mean, in large part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. Well, well let me time out just for a second and whatever your point you're going to, I'll let you go, Tony, but I will say that a couple things that could have ended this game sooner, there was a muff punt for Wisconsin that they recovered. And typically Don has talked about this. If you have a muff punt, typically the opponent's going to recover. Wisconsin got on that ball. There was a couple. There were a couple of potential picks. Xavier Wampa got his arm, got his hand on one. So there were a couple of plays that, had they went Iowa's way, maybe this game would have been over quicker. But uh, you're right. For the most part, Iowa, the, 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 they played to the script as well as they could.
5: Well, and the one in the end zone, right? I mean, that that safety yeah. could have very easily, been. absolutely,
2: could have been a touchdown.
5: Um, and you know, I, it's kind of fascinating too when you think about it. I heard you talk a couple of times on your show this week about you know, Kirk wants to run and tell everybody we're going to run. Everybody knows. That's exactly what they did. Um,
1: But they haven't been able to do that over the last, well, they haven't been able to do that more often than not. But you're right, tonight.
5: Absolutely not. You're right. Yeah. So I I just, I wanted to point out that, and I think it's okay for people to understand, like more than two things can be true. To see the game like tonight, to be very happy with the offensive line and the running and, you know, really went up there and played physical and shoved it down their throat and be happy with the win. Because I was like you, I just, I didn't care how it looked. Just get the win, but to, also, but to also realize, you know, hey, half of our offense is broken and to want to see something different there, to see improvement, right?
1: So I, yeah.
5: I just think it's okay for everybody to feel that two things can be true.
1: Amen. Yeah. And I, I, I've heard from some people over the last couple of weeks, especially as the injuries have piled up, they're afraid of the injuries being used as excuses when the evaluation time comes for the staff and whatnot. Those are problems, you know. You just that may happen, but ultimately, um, like you said, uh, they're, they're winning games the way they win games, and until they stop winning games, that may be next year, but until they stop winning games, right? Doesn't matter how ugly it is. <laughs> you and I know that as, as well as anybody, Tony.
5: Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that was three and a half hours of pure entertainment, It was it was hard to watch at times. There was, you know, those. Five or six or seven possessions in a row that were just terrible but all in all it's it's a little hard to argue with with the the play calling some of the play calling i mean there were plays here and there that i was like what are they doing but the game as a whole a path to victory
1: i don't think play calling when you are down as many weapons as they're down i don't think play calling is all that difficult now i could be wrong on that maybe don will tell me i'm I'm a fool for saying that but man like it's i hate to say this but it's third and nine it's never been so obvious that you run the ball right right you're not putting the ball in the air with deacon right now you know you're probably
5: clarified the play sheet right
1: exactly yeah it made it a little easier for brian but i I give him credit they they those are the right calls it's just like playing a bad opponent on saturday tony you know you can't judge a guy for doing what he was supposed to do and they did what they were supposed to do play calling on the field and um you know you got to give the coaches credit for that
5: seen a lot of comments, too, about, and, and I apologize if you talked about this, I missed it, but, you know, Wisconsin's been kind of boat racing some opponents here. Um, you know, Iowa obviously was, you know, they were supposed to hit, you know, Wisconsin favored by, what, nine and a half, ten points, and then Iowa took it to them, and now, you know, seeing a lot of comments like, wow, Wisconsin's terrible, and, you know, is is it some of both? Maybe they weren't quite as good as they we thought they were, or Iowa played a little better than everybody expected, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Iowa's defense makes teams look bad. I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, obviously, I didn't think Mordecai looked great, and it hurts when he's down. Um, I think Braylon Allen was obviously dinged up. I didn't – you know, I wasn't watching the TV film, but it sounded like he was he, – he left the game briefly. I didn't even notice it until someone texted and brought it to my attention. Yeah, I didn't but, see uh, what
5: happened that even started that.
1: Yeah, apparently he was out. And uh, so, I, you know, he wasn't 100% looked pretty good in that third quarter. But, no, I just think Iowa's defense makes teams look bad. And – you know those well timed, well-orchestrated um, blitz calls by Phil. You know it's it's a work of art because they don't bring pressure a lot, but boy, he brings it at the right time.
5: He is a absolute witch with that. Um, yeah. So thank you very much to want to let other calls join, but
1: thank you for the call, Tony. Appreciate it, sir. Brody Smith in the chat. Sebastian Castro, it was an absolute dog tonight. The dude really impressed me. Gotta love going into camp randall and physically dominating a tough badgers team absolutely thank you for the super chat brody by the way our our, uh, phone line is sponsored once again by iowa smokehouse so we appreciate iowa smokehouse sponsoring the call in line we're not going to be taking as many calls tonight but we will be doing a live show on monday all right and we're going to be making a a call-in show so be right back here monday evening it's going to be a fun week as we count down the days to the Floyd rosedale kenton says Sebastian Castro, the human missile player of the game. I think I got that one, but they'll uh, we'll throw it up there again. Leon, Leon, our QB for years have played scared. Who is the QB's coach? Well, technically it's Brian Ference, but I think by all accounts, it is uh, a guy named John Buttmeyer. I mean, I think that's pretty much clear at this point. All right, uh, we're gonna put our caller on hold here. Let's go to we've got a couple of callers. We need to wrap this thing up, at least for tonight in the coming minutes. So we're going to try to kind of go a little bit faster than normal on our callers. First of all, Ricky's been on hold. Ricky, welcome. Hey, Corey. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you?
6: Hey, uh, I'm just wondering what's up with the 20.9
1: PPG tracker in the top right corner here. Well, that's the Brian Ferentz points per game tracker. That's where we're at right now. 20.9 points per game on the season through seven games what? where's the wins and wins and losses tracker in the top right well there is no wins and losses tracker tracker in the top right why? everybody knows they're why? everybody knows they're six and one
7: yeah okay so why don't we put that up there who cares about the
1: the 20.9 who cares future? about it well iowa iowa released it as a as criteria prior to the season and amended his contract so obviously they care yeah but we don't care do we i, I thought you weren't a Barta fan were you I'm not a Barta fan. Barta's is not the reason that thing is public. Yes,
8: it
1: is. What? Uh, what? What's the reason? I can tell you Barta's is not the reason it's public. What is the reason? Barta's is not the reason. So, what is the reason? I'm not. A, I'm not at liberty to tell you the reason. But Barta is not the reason it's public. Why do you have a problem with it? I thought Barta wrote the contract. I have a problem with it because uh we're sitting here at six and one mm-hmm. um we're, that thing's gonna we're, be up there that thing's gonna control. be up. ricky that thing's gonna be up there all year every week yeah we're, we're it in can control. be 11 and one and it's gonna be up there what's that you it out. can be 11 and one and that tra- that tracker is gonna be up there why though because it's relevant people talk about it it's 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 relevant conversation what about the six and one conversation? Is that relevant? We're here every single week talking about that. I okay. don't need to have it up in the corner of the screen. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate okay. it. Thanks, Ricky. But I, I'm not trying to be short with Ricky. I'm just th- this has been a, a, a very much a relevant topic, and I said when it first came out, I said we're going to track it just like everybody else is tracking it, and it is relevant because I will put it out there. And no, I, I, I hate coming on here and saying, I'm not at liberty to say why, why that was made public. It was dumb that it was made public. I've said it several times, but the fact of the matter is the powers that be decided that they'd make it public. And yes, Barta was involved with the, the contract negotiation. He was at the helm when this whole thing went down, but I've been told on good authority, he is not the reason that it was made public. I've been told on good authority that he is not the one who wanted it public. Okay. So anyways, I, I, uh, I, I didn't mean to to cut Ricky off, but, uh, it's relevant, but we're talking about six in one Iowa every single week. And look, they're, they won this game 15 to six. That's the, the main topic of our show. Right. So, uh, I've mentioned the points per game tracker, I think twice now. So if it wasn't brought up. I probably wouldn't mention it again. All right, um, Brian in the chat, uh, he says, just like that, Ferentz Quagmire sucks me back in. Ferentz Quagmire sucks me back in. Appreciate that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. More uh, post-game coverage here. Iowa defeating Wisconsin 15-6. to We'll be back with more in just a second.
0: Imagine the possibilities as dedicated to empowering people to reach individual achievement across the spectrum of life. We believe in creating lasting relationships, empowering people for success, and cultivating joy. Our team of passionate people work each day to serve our communities in ways that create a lasting impact. We believe in creating opportunities for people with disabilities to achieve goals, build skills, and celebrate all that's possible. If you want to learn more about us or join our exceptional team, visit us at imagineia.org.
1: By the way, one more thing, I figured I should add this in because, and, and our, pre- our caller that just called in did not make this a point, and I don't know what, you know, I understand his his uh, point in bringing up the fact that I was 6-1, and one and nobody's debating that. Um, as it relates to the little man next to the 20.9 right there, um, I don't evaluate him based on the team's record, all right? That's not how I'm going to look at this. Now, I know some people do. And I don't agree with that. So at the end of the year, if they're 11 and one or not, he ought to be evaluated based on criteria that's been set forth. Now, I think the the whole points per game thing is not good criteria because it's not, it's not true to the offense's performance. We've talked about this at length, but my point is, um, if you're evaluating Brian Ferentz based on wins and losses, I don't even, if that gets brought up again, I'm just going to move forward because We're limited on time this evening, and we've had so much time to talk about this. Anyways, let's go to our next caller. The B is waiting on hold. The B, welcome.
7: Yo, yo, yo. Yo, We won. We won. I knew we'd win. This was an awesome win, Corey. I love it. I'm Homer crazy right now on this. Watched it with a bunch of folks up here in Idaho. We went nuts. We knew we'd win this game. Here's the problem big downer right here that all hit that was bush league straight up that yeah, was a head hunt that was bad bad up all the way they should have knocked somebody's block off for that but I, I anyway didn't. yeah the the thing is the loss of him the loss of of obviously not using any any of our wide receivers i'll just call that a loss uh this does skew how i view the rest of the season i did predict it with you as a 10 and 2 uh, maybe a rogue loss to Rutgers, um, but one thing I can say today that I loved—that I the game ball for me—that is a team win. I saw the offensive line actually passed the eyeball test today. They looked mad. They looked like man. I loved Colby and Feth in those guard positions. Dude, that just felt like it clicked. I loved that. That just looked great. But game ball all around, the team looked like it was a desperation game. Like their backs were against the wall in this game, and we won. It was just they fought and they won, and I love that. And one more thing, just so you know, Caleb Brown did dress today.
1: So Okay, good to know. I I didn't know that. I appreciate you telling me that. He is actually
7: smiling in the picture that there is on Twitter or X that you see uh, holding up the trophy. Uh, so he is smiling too. Let's, they let's gotta get, get him, that. Well, they
1: got to get him involved, they exactly. gotta get him on the
7: but he's smiling. So that's good. That, that's a good sign. I'll just take it for that right now. But, um, but yeah, that, I thought that was just a, a, a great team win today. And it Absolutely. gave them a lot of confidence in all, in all aspects of the game, but man, it just felt, it felt good. It felt really good today. And I'm, I'm really glad I didn't have to come back on here and eat crow. That's another thing that I felt really good about. So. I appreciate
1: your prediction. And I'm happy to eat crow and say I was wrong with my prediction. So,
7: Well, hey, man, it, like I said, this has been a topsy-turvy see, uh, you know, season so far. And with these injuries, if they continue to mount, I don't know. You know, Like I said, all bets are off then. I, I will say this unequivocally, no doubt about it. If this team goes to the Big Ten Championship, we need to have a, a come-to-Jesus honest talk here that we're going to get creamed. OK, there's just no I, I, honestly, like it's 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 a that conversation.
4: Yes. So
7: I'm just going to take it for what it is during the regular season. Let's just be happy with the win. Go Hawks. And um, let's see what happens. Another thing to keep in mind, care, uh, uh, Corey, about the end of the season, about this whole mm. Brian Ferencz talk. Mm. And I know we don't want to stray off on this, but kind of keep your eye on Bill Belichick. There's a lot of hot seat rumors with him out there, meaning leaving, you know, obviously. Now, I don't know if he wants to go out on those terms or maybe go somewhere else. But because of his connection, and it seems the Ferentz's always have that cover with New England and Bill and that connection with Kirk, there's a possibility there that if things go maybe the way that some people want it to go, I could see that Ference belichick connection continuing somewhere else. Um, in the pros, uh, so there is that too. So people should kind of keep an eye on that as well. Because I think where Bill Belichick goes, maybe the Ferrances go. There may be, there well, may Brian, be this sort of time.
1: Brian, Brian is more hireable now than he was
7: exactly. A at this exactly. So, yeah. so that's that's a really interesting uh dynamic that's happening out there. But I'll let you get back to the show, you, sir. Good win, go Hawks, Corey.
1: Absolutely, sir. Thank you, sir. The B calling in. And yes, he did uh, give him credit. He came on here last week and predicted the win. So we appreciate that. And Erica, just reading this, not ripping our collar, reading it because Erica uh, submitted it via super chat. Is Ricky Brian Ferentz's cousin? Or maybe Brian Ferentz himself. Uh, Leon said, uh, second and third quarter, we stopped blocking backside of all running plays. Um, I have to go back and look at the tape, Leon. Um, and it's so hard to see uh what's happening besides hey you know we got five yards or hey bust one for 20 um when you're in the stands at least it is for me maybe don patterson has developed the art now i did like being up as high as we were because you get a full view right next to the press box actually so thank you for the super chat leon and i do want to make sure we uh, give our due to rti threads you saw the uh, uh RTI Threads player of the game, Lashawn Williams, 25 rushes, 174 yards, 82-yard rush. And you can see the uh, Cooper DeGene signed shirt. Get your apparel, get your merch by going to cd3lacesup.com. Again, that's cd3lacesup.com. And um, they uh, they got great stuff, folks. And they've also got some deals with some other Iowa athletes, including Carson Shire and and Aiden Hall, Zach Lutmer, a few guys who are going to be big here in the coming years. So be sure to check out RTI Threads. Also, I want to give a shout out to Iowa Smokehouse. They've been sponsoring us for quite some time. We appreciate Iowa Smokehouse being a part of the channel and a part of the show. If you need a better quality snack, and who doesn't, be sure to check out what they have to offer at iowasmokehouse.com. Tasting is believing. Use the code Hawkeyes for 15% off your order at iowasmokehouse.com. And also, Brad Meter and his team down at State Farm. Call him at 515-256-6480. 515-256-6480 or online at bradbandmeter.com. get a quote on auto insurance. Uh, sounds like auto rates are as low as they've been with State Farm right now. So definitely give him a, a call and let him know that we sent you. I really appreciate Brad sponsoring the show. And as you can see, I'm not in a real private area right now. So you can probably hear the noise around me. All right, we've got uh, just a few minutes left and we've got to be quick with our calls. We're going to go first to our first caller. We've got about uh, 30 seconds to our, our first caller. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Yeah. Hello? Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game. Who's on the line? Is there anyone there? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, Trent.
4: All right. Good deal, Corey. Well, (laughs) oh, man. I already know where to start. Well, for me, I'm going to say this. The play of the game for me was when uh, Cooper Cooper made that tackle on Braylon Allen on that fourth down
1: stop. Huge huge
4: and to me that's the play of the game i said my girlfriend sitting on the couch i said if wisconsin scores here the game's over and that was the, 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 their first drive right
1: yeah huge
4: and you just know if you go down seven nothing there the game's over
1: i think you go down three zero momentum I that was one of my keys i was right about that uh, whoever got on the board first would win this game, and Iowa got on the board first, and they won. Um, I thought that was a. I agree with you. I, I, I just those first couple of drives are huge with the way I was playing right now. The way they have to play because of this, the makeout of everything.
4: Yeah, and I'm gonna. <laughs> you, I'm just gonna say this, man. If, if they run the table and as iowa fans and believe me i'm the first i, I called you wednesday i told you i think i agree with you this is dirty last year but i'm going to say this right now if iowa runs the table this was nothing short of one of the best coaching jobs I've probably ever witnessed in my life. solid
1: yeah definitely i agree um I, I i thought it was a really good coaching job last year to keep those guys together um, from a head coaching perspective, just what they were up against. Now I, I that doesn't take away from what I feel about the staff and the offense and everything, but but no, I agree. Um, yeah. Trent, I gotta I gotta I apologize in advance. I gotta cut you short because I'm running out of time here and, and I feel like I'm in a, a an awkward environment right now here at the show. So you might be able to hear some of the no, background noise. It. But
4: hey, one more thing, quick,
1: Corey. Yeah. We talked Wednesday. Brian yeah.
4: Grubbs, that's the OC of Washington. Let's, let's,
1: let's keep our eye out. Huh? Okay, sounds good. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, let's get to our next caller. Thank you for calling Iowa Postgame here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hi, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi. Uh, yeah, great
4: to today. you um, today. Yeah, he just kind of turning it in. That's the same feel of and that's year 2005 season when where we lost all our running backs. That's where we're down for when strength. Yeah. Running back Sam Brownley yeah. uh, stopped working on Jim Kate let us So this kind of feels like that season, because now we're losing all the class portion. We got our running back, so it's kind of just uh, Flip flop a little
1: bit, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely some shades. I mean, I wasn't real old when that when during that season, but uh, the injury issues and issues and being able to power through and, and win with kind of some unknown commodities, um, especially going to tight end, is going to be a storyline moving forward. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, 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 get like the talk
4: is getting, you guys are talking to get kind of string them back at the back empty. I mean, that would definitely help some blow, but yeah, we just, just forced us to us uh, to, to, to go to the wedding. We have to maybe tweak some plays to yeah. try to get simple passes, get the receivers, you know, them chances to run after the catch. Um, because we've got to show some kind of passing game if we're going to try to run the game. I don't think we can yeah. run going in the next five weeks. And, and so,
1: Right. Yep, I agree. But that's that's all I wanted. Just, just have the same feel as the, that season. You know, yeah. just
4: where we lost all the running backs that year. Now we're losing all our passing players.
0: So yeah.
1: just kind of have the same goal for the same results at the end that we were. Well, the the, the only difference is that offense was really good. I mean, it could have been really good prior to losing those guys. This offense wasn't good before losing the guys. So, <laughs> but I yeah. I definitely I get what you're saying. And that's why the head coach is—I mean, head coach—keeping guys together and keeping this team together. You got to have faith in in Kirk for doing that. Exactly. So, yeah. Again,
4: excellent victory, dude. Excellent job. So, hopefully, yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, should be a you know win next next week. So, but thanks for taking my call, Corey. Thank you,
1: sir all right we and we've got to go quick fire on these last couple so uh again stand by jay is on the line jay welcome good evening Corey. how are you i'm good jay how are you good um
8: i'd like to follow up on the conversation with ricky um there was a comment after he logged off where essentially i I believe you stated that the the job of the oc should not be judged by wins and losses not exclusively Um, not exclusively. I, I agree with that, but at the end of the day, the, the circumstances have changed significantly from the beginning <laughs> to the end of the season, right? where At the beginning of the season, we had Caleb Johnson, Jazzy, and Patterson. We had Cade McNamara, the MVP of the team. We had the best tight end duo in the country, and we have lost those three players. We've, we've been without Jazzy, and we've been without Caleb. But the goal of the coaching staff does not change. Brian Ference needs to do whatever it takes to win win football games. And the game plan changes, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here watching USC play Notre Dame, a very good defensive team. I'm watching Oregon State play UCLA. USC and UCLA both have three interceptions in the first half. If Iowa went out there trying to trying to score 30-40 points, Deacon Hill would likely have at least three picks in a half watching him play, right? So I think Brian is Obviously, doing th- a great job. No, I believe that he should have better talent on the team. But with the talent on the team, he he's doing what what he needs to do to win games, which is I'll say, protect let me the just football say and, and run the football.
1: OK, I understand what you're saying and you sound like Kirk. That's fine. But the, the bottom line is in college football, coaches are in charge, in charge of recruiting players, developing players. Injuries are a part of football. And Kirk will tell you that. Injuries are a part of football. Um, and you talk about, well, they lost these guys. He had two great tight ends last year, and the offense was atrocious. Sam Laporta is playing on Sundays as a rookie. He's fabulous. They had two really good tight ends last year, and were, were bad. They had a, a senior quarterback last year, and were bad. So I don't I, – I just – I get what you're saying. And – I'd like to talk about it more when there's not screaming um, children in the background. But what are, what are your thoughts on the
8: USC? Caleb Williams has three interceptions in the first half. More um, uh, for UCLA has three interceptions in the first half. Jay, both I, those I, teams I, are put in very poor situations because yeah. of
1: aggressive play calling. When he's the Heisman up, He's the Heisman. He's the He's the, running, the uh, returning Heisman uh, winner last year. But I gotta get, I gotta let you go, Jay. I appreciate the call-in. Call in again. I just at a better time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, apologize to people in advance. It's turned into a zoo. Um, let's go to Corey, who's on um, hold. Corey, I got to be brief with you, sir. Appreciate you calling in.
9: All right. <clears throat> Am I live? You are. Okay, awesome. All right. A um, couple things. Uh, the bee called it, and I yeah, got to call it But I'm fearful of, of his predictions for the future because he said, we're going to beat Wisconsin. And then he also made some other predictions, which scare me. So, but all I could think of was the B. So, the B. Him. um, secondly, a point I want to make about Kirk Ferentz. He doesn't give up on people and he let he lets them make mistakes. And he lets them learn. He lets them improve. <clears throat> Couple of improvements that I've seen Jamari Harris. Uh, He got burned so many times in recent weeks, I could see somebody wanting to bench him. Well, guess what? He played fantastic, tight coverage under the gun uh, all night tonight. What an improvement. He deserves some award for most improved uh, because I was scared to death when they started throwing against Jamari Harris. I thought, we're going to get smoked. I am very impressed by his performance tonight. He better
1: he, he better they can't bench him right now they got no depth back there so he better he better be playing well
9: right secondly the running backs they're they're just running at a whole nother level the last couple weeks um to whoever's credit that is you know so be it um another another point O line Kirk hinted at an improvement with the O-line. I think we're starting to see – we're starting to get those big game breakers once or twice a game, and that's Iowa football. Running the ball and busting a big play, blowing a hole wide open. Now, there uh, Leon made the point that we stopped getting the crackback blocks. Yeah uh protecting the backside and I, I noticed that too that's concerning i'll be interested in don's take on that but um aside from that i just think the power we are running with it's like we these are two between caleb and lachant last two weeks it's like we just picked up two players in the portal they're they're at a whole nother level they are so impressive their performance the way they're running Another thing, the linebackers. I, I love Higgins. I, I love Jay Higgins. I'm the Higgins, guy. and um, and I'm I'm Hawk. I'm I'm Hawk six six X now, uh, with with Higgins. Um, but that said, I was a little bit concerned. Minus Campbell and Seth Benson, felt like those guys were given three and four yards on the rush before they could stop it um as opposed to campbell and seth would stop it after one to three yards i just felt like we were giving up that extra yard with, the two, with Jackson. that said i was really careful what happens we snuffed them out tight one to two yards and we snuffed that out and i'm really impressed by our linebacker room now they've I mean, everybody is improving. And I just I just think that you have a guy like Kirk Ferentz where all of us lose our patience and want to give up quicker than he does. He stays true to his players. He trusts he the process that they are going to improve, sometimes not quick as quick as, as we need them to. But he's a good man, and if no. you see it, in the long game, he can win because he doesn't give up on guys. He doesn't jerk them and, and break their confidence. He gives them a chance to improve, and you're seeing it across the board with these players. Another thing, uh, Sebastian Castro was playing some softer coverages in recent weeks and given up a uh, seven-yard pass before he get up and some of the big plays just overall I think the defense tightened up coverages. So impressive. And uh, I got my I got my tickets. My family will be there for Minnesota. And I'm I don't know if I, I should buy my Big Ten championship tickets. I did it last year and I jinxed us. And uh, I, I'm I'm fearful if I you know um, but that said, uh, one last question for you. What's with the, you you like to take it on the road, but you don't go to the home games? What's up with that? I just find it intriguing. Well, first of all, I
1: live in Ames, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a Jack Trice. Uh, second of all, I was at Utah, I was at the Utah State game. I was at game one. I've only missed uh, let's see, I missed Michigan State, Purdue and what was the other gimme? western michigan okay so it's just it's you know logistically Corey, it's very hard to do the post-game show at games
9: oh and and let me and let me butt in you're a champ i mean with what you're dealing with uh so much and you, you i mean you do a very professional job i don't you're a little bit more of a critic towards brian fans than i am i'm I, I go with whatever KF goes with, I trust him, and I'm with him 100%. Yeah. So I'm drinking the KF Kool-Aid. That's okay. You're you're a critic, and but you're not unfair. I, I, I appreciate your take. I mean, there's right. some fans that I think get to the point of cancerous, and I think it's not healthy for recruits. It's not healthy for just the social network presence to have a negative connotation with respect to the fan base. And so... But anyway, uh, that said, I really, really... But in KF, I try.
1: I appreciate the call.
9: And go Hawks! And Absolutely. Hey, I got my Swarm Ale, and I got my Swarm card, Guess what? There you go. I, I'm an Iowa State grad, and I'm all in for the Hawkeyes, okay? I have been my whole life. My dad's, the greatest day of my dad's life was the Penn State game, 2021. He died two weeks after. He climbed to the top of Kinnick with me. He had to drink like eight. 5 hour energies to make it but he climbed to the top of kinnick with me greatest game of his life nico regaini nico ragaini scoring getting basically blown up from behind and blasted into the end zone and uh greatest game of his life or greatest day of my dad's life he died two weeks later but um I'm all in for the Hawkeyes, and uh, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm getting my Big Ten Championship tickets, but uh, though I disagree with your your take, sometimes you're you're a little more critical. than I'm am a, a Kool Aid drinker. I'm all in for KF. Thank you for <laughs> what you do, and uh, thank you, Corey. Great great show, and don't let uh, the background noise deter you from continuing the show because we really thoroughly enjoy it and it's oh. I mean that's those belly laughs out of those kids are awesome too so
1: <laughs> thank we're, you we
9: all in don't go
1: By hey by the way by the way you got a good first name and it's spelled right so I appreciate that
9: yes sir and, thank you sir and,
1: and oh I lost you hold on I got your back
9: okay so we we need to continue our uh enjoyment of this win so don't cut us off you got forty-five minutes left, in you. Come on. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know that I don't know that the wife and and uh, the rest of my party do, but uh, I certainly. Hey, I'll be back with you. I hope you call in on Monday because I'll be. We'll probably be putting in a two-plus hour show Monday with Don.
9: No, you guys do such a great job. you Thank you, sir, for what you do. Go Hawks.
1: Appreciate it. Go Hawks. Absolutely, and you see, I did have to make some adjustments to my uh, device here as we. <laughs> dealing with some some uh, opposition, some persecution. Jared in the chat. Appreciate the super chat, Jared. Great win hawk fans. That D of yours is crazy good. Hopefully, see you in Indy. Very well could happen. I'll say looked good earlier today. And I think we got that one from Brian, Sebastian Brody. I think we got all these. I, mean, I think there's a couple super chats. Maybe that I missed. No, I think we've got all the super chats. If I'm missing your super chat, I apologize in advance for that. Um, I mentioned earlier rti threads cd3 laces up this is the cooper gene official merchandise cooper to jeans official merch he's got golf balls he's got clothing he's got all kinds of stuff check it out and uh definitely give cooper to Jean your support that dude's gonna be playing on sundays really really impressed with him throughout the year and boy he's important i've, I've talked i've toyed with the idea on the show of, of potentially bringing him in for an offensive package or two but boy with the depth issues right now at Corner, you probably don't do that with TJ Hall and Deshaun Lee out. You get those guys back, I'm all for potentially running a play or two for Cooper to You can't play scared. I understand trying to con- to uh, protect him. All right, we've got to go quick on these last calls, folks. I keep saying that. Bobby. Uh Bobby's uh, Bobby's gone. No, nope, Bobby's here. Bobby, welcome. Hello. How's it
4: been?
1: I just got
10: I just got done eating dinner. I was like, well I'll see if you still on <laughs>
1: I am still here (laughs) somehow.
10: Um. Uh. Not too much. You probably talked a lot about the game. I just wanted a quick question. Did you watch any of the
1: Oregon Washington game at all? I have not. I've been. uh, Let's see. I've got USC. um, Yeah, I think Pitt just scored. Notre Dame over in the corner, and we're even losing lights now. Like this whole thing is coming down. (laughs) Well, and
10: then do you say you were doing one on Monday?
1: We'll be back Monday night. Yep. So yep. save your good questions for Monday night.
10: I'll probably come up with something good. I just wanted to check in see how it went. I'll probably come up with something more Monday, let like you keep going, look like you're in a different spot than you normally are.
1: I'm up in Madison,
10: man. Oh, oh, that's nice.
1: I, I, am, I am not, uh, I am not at my home base.
10: Uh, hey, wins a win. When wins a win. All right. I'll let you keep Thank going. I just want to say Thanks how it's going.
1: Absolutely. We'll talk to you Monday all right trucking along here and uh we're, we've lost lights we've lost devices we've lost a lot of things and uh I'm trying to keep my patience here folks so uh we'll see if we can finish these last couple callers and james h is on the line james welcome
11: how are you cory
1: i'm doing okay how are you
11: hey i just wanted to say I- i'm happy happy we won even though offensively, it seemed like an ugly game. But I will say this, over the last at least two games, maybe three, I think our running game is really coming along.
1: It it certainly appears that way, yeah. And the, the numbers would indicate that, especially against the Wisconsin run defense, that's usually really good, albeit a different coaching staff, but they've been solid again against the run this year. Maybe not elite, but really solid. And to yeah. do it on the road is impressive. Yeah. Without, without a passing game. <laughs> without a passing game.
11: Exactly. And really and truly though, running the football, that's always been Iowa's MO under Kirk, period. You know, they, they all the way back to ninety nine when he took over. That's been his MO. Run the football, run the football. Yep. You know, and the fact that we have no passing game and we were able to run the ball like we did against Wisconsin albeit like you said a different system there that's still impressive
1: yeah i I agree and uh you know you're right it was it was was ugly the offense still is not you can't be one-dimensional um but with the schedule they have they might be able to be (laughs) one-dimensional and they won this game they're one-dimensional it's a good wisconsin team they played how good i I don't know but but right now their eye was very one-dimensional but schedules, schedules week and they're in the driver's seat of this division right now. Yeah.
11: What well, one last thing. Have you heard any update on, uh, all's injury?
1: Tom Caker jumped on earlier, just said Kirk Ferentz noted that it was, uh, not good, but they don't have anything official yet.
11: I, I, I hope it's not an ACL or anything like that. It didn't look good though. I agree. But at least it looks like we're somewhat still pretty deep at the tight end position. So,
1: Well, depth by the minute, but absolutely. Yeah. James, uh, I hey, appreciate
11: uh, it. I'm going to get off here. Um, yeah. I hope you have a good rest of your night, Corey and go Hawks.
1: Go Hawks. Sir. Thank you. Okay, James being here and Brian in the chat says let coach eat first before the four hour show. Monday it ain't going to be a no four hour show. I can tell you that right now, um, but I've said that before, and then it's like three and a half hours. Um, Let me see here. RTI Threads. Give them one final plug again. This kept me warm today, folks. This is the time to get your CD3 Laces Up, your Cooper to Gene apparel. Shop it online, www.cd3lacesup.com. All right. I think we've got our final caller of the night, I believe. Then I'm going to drift off into the sunset and get ready for the crossover at Kinnick back in Iowa tomorrow. Wookin you're not gonna give me a hard time are you
10: no nah, actually uh surprisingly I, I'm with you on this one at this point I I really don't care either way about KF, BF. just worried about Parker I pray he stays like that's the angle I'm starting to see my biggest worry coming forward is will he stay because
1: will he stay I mean, with I'm what? Looking with? At
10: with Iowa like why would you how can mm-hmm. he get how can his legacy get better he's literally carried the team for three years now like how, do, how how can you be better than literally caring
1: well some guys i mean he's like 65 or 61 so, he old.
10: so maybe he just doesn't want to start over
1: well maybe he's, he's maybe he's towards? not concerned maybe he's not concerned with the things that a lot of people are concerned about and, and climbing the ladder at his point in life maybe he's just happy in Iowa City and happy working with his buddy Kirk Ferentz. and i i, I don't know
10: yeah no i just uh I don't know. Like my biggest uh question I have to ask is um do you think under fairance we're ever gonna get a point where we try a new quarterback rather like, than
1: like Deacon's having, not playing Deacon's not playing well so they put in Joe or put in Marco?
10: Try Joe. I mean Kentucky if he can play in a bowl game, why can't we at least give him a, well he wasn't a drive there. a drive? But well, he's mobile. He's mobile. Like he, like was he no. at the best? No. But like literally, Deacon couldn't even get throw the ball past the like, line of scrimmage. He kept getting it knocked down. A mobile, and when he does get it past, it's literally all over the place. I mean, it's like a put a blindfold on and throw it at the a dar- uh, dart at the dartboard. You know what I'm saying? Like and pray.
4: Oh,
1: <laughs> well, he, he he doesn't have a groove throwing motion. I made that comment, and he is not mobile. Um, he avoided the big mistakes tonight. He's the best they have, apparently. But we've been saying that. I mean, we, we said that at well, Spencer like
10: History-wise, Like that's what I'm saying. Like That's where it scares me because we had... You go back to McCann, Banks. Uh,
1: Rubach, yeah, but, but, but Brad Banks has went on the record and said Beth, that he's not ready. And okay. Jake Murdoch was really good in 2013.
10: Beth, um, Petrus. Last year, <laughs> I mean, pick a quarterback oh, at that point.
1: Yeah, I wasn't saying there's was nobody behind Petrus. I mean, Alex was not the answer.
10: No, agreed, he wasn't the answer. But in that year, he might have been better. But also, so what? What is this delusion that people are on about McNamara being amazing? He was a D plus transfer, is what he's graded out to be. People are from ESPN; they're grading him to be a D plus quarterback transfer. And if you statistically look at him, he had worse. Stats than Petrus did when everyone was hating on Petrus, compared the stats game for game.
1: Well, Cade was hurt all four games, he was hurt.
10: So, w- wasn't Petrus? Was he not? No. He was playing a lingering injury. I thought, I swear to God, so
1: all three years.
10: No, 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 I'm saying the last year. Last well, year, he was man, terrible in 21. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. I absolutely, he was I, not really good in 2020 I'm either. Completely agreeing. The point I'm getting at is, are we ever going to get a quarterback?
1: Well, you know who to blame for that. They can't recruit quarterbacks, they can't. Well, I mean, receivers. but it was before him
10: though, right? Like before, ever who? Been since Kurt, like Brad's been our like only Brad, Ricky and CJ so well, 3 in 20,
1: 20 plus yeah, years. Well, Brad and Ricky, well, I mean, Drew Tate was a pretty good one.
10: <laughs> oh, no, Tate was, yeah. That's my bad. He's a good one. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, he's a yeah. really good
1: Jake Ruddock was. If Jake Rudock was a part of this roster right now, you'd be begging him to start. Begging, you'd be on all fours begging him to start.
10: Uh, yeah, I mean, you might be right. He had a quick release. He had a quick release.
1: Quick release. You, you realize the drop off that? I mean, two thousand go back to two thousand thirteen. They had Cody Sokol, Drew, uh C.J. Beathard, Jake Rudock yeah, in that quarterback room in twenty thirteen. We take any of them right now.
10: Oh, good. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. 100%. I would take the back. I, I would take the next year too. And the next year, I think literally we went nothing. Went that's
1: not, no, they have not been able to recruit quarterbacks since Brian got here. 100%. At least not quarterbacks have been panned out. So they're either not recruiting them or they're not they're not recruiting the right quarterbacks or they're not developing the quarterbacks.
10: So is I, he I, hurt? Is my question. Is Joey hurt? Because I heard he was hurt a couple
1: weeks he, ago. He was hurt, but okay. my understanding is he's healthy now.
10: Okay. Like that's why I just literally can't, I can't grasp. Like that means he's going to transfer, right? Because a guy that comes in, you know what I mean? (laughs) A guy that comes in, you've been in the system for two years now, and you're not even going to get a chance?
1: Yeah, he'll probably transfer. I'm surprised he's here now, frankly.
10: Not honestly. Yeah, agreed.
1: Well, sir, I have to. uh, Yeah, you you have a great
10: night. I'll be here Monday.
1: Okay, we'll talk to you Monday, sir. Thank you. All right. Um, I think we've got one more caller. Charles is jumping on here late, and i got to keep it short with Charles, a.k.a. Chuck. Chuck, welcome. I remember you're not you're Charles. You're Chuck.
6: What's up, Corey?
1: Not much, man. How are you?
6: I just kind of, you know, I guess enjoying the Wisconsin win. I was going to bring up just a couple of bullet points because um, yeah. I was listening to your show quite a bit. My brother calls in. No. Yeah. I guess the one the one question I'd probably ask people because I've had to look at it from I, I guess multiple lenses, given the issue with Kirk, given the issues of Brian. Um, I mean, even the last caller with the me personally, I just think with Brian being at the helm, not just as the OC, but the quarterback's coach, we just can't develop a quarterback. Um, I don't think that he's obviously the right fit. I know everybody probably thinks the same thing. It's just the whole offense, but the question I would guess would have for people looking at it from a larger aspect is would you rather have the non-consistency with Kirk, and I know you guys have talked about this multiple times before on the show, um, even with the recruiting aspect of things, but the consistency that Kirk has brought with the years that he's been there, you know, I do think it's going to change next year with some of the Pac-10 teams coming in. I don't think that our defense and our offense will be sustainable in the league like that and how it would be broken down. But the one thing I, I will give to Kirk, and I know, that, Corey, I'm pretty sure you've recognized it before as well, is when you have a program that is where I was at right now, and I'm not a big Brian Ferentz fan. I, I'm very much of the deputism scale. I personally think Kirk has kept Brian there because at some point in time he was hoping Brian could succeed him. That's my personal purview. I think this year has been more of an advocate for Brian because of McNamara's injuries. I think it's more of a scapegoat to where they can use it as, and even if they say go eight and four, they can credit that to either, A, this was Brian's doing and Kurt's doing to help kind of alleviate any push out the door, if that makes sense, or even if they had a bad season, they could have used it as well, saying, hey, look, we couldn't get to where we wanted to because of the injuries, whether it's Luke Lachey. Cade McNamara, the underproduction of the wide receivers. I think it's just one of those double-edged swords. But I guess the question I would have to people with that is: is I have to look at it from towards the end of Hayden Fry's era. Would I, would I want to have the instability? Just given the college coaches overall, where if you look at it, you have prevalent coaches, whether it's Alabama. Uh, Oklahoma, well, maybe not necessarily Oklahoma now, but with Lincoln Riley at USC, would I rather go out there and try to search for somebody else to replace what he's doing and where we're at as a program, including the recruiting, even though I think offensively we need to get rid of Brian and move on to somebody else. It just won't happen. There's not enough negative light shed to where I think even the administration or people who – you know the, the boosters will even probably move away from him because it's, it's not it's not affecting their their pockets with the recruiting. It's not affecting their pockets with ticket sales. It's not affecting their pockets with merch. So I guess that would be my question: is Are they willing to give all that up, even given the fact that Brian's there? Personally, I think, like I said, we need to move on from Brian. But that's what well, you really want to do. And in, in retrospect,
1: they're going to be in a hard. They're just going to be in a hard press situation. and, and again, it got brought up earlier a couple of our callers why is this points per game tracker being talked talked about? I, I just I don't know how to, it it's relevant. To
6: shut, us, to shut us up to be honest with you. If they well, said nothing if they said nothing
1: then yeah, I wouldn't they, be talking about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't right. be we wouldn't be talking about it. that wouldn't be I would did this and i think it's going to be a really awkward situation chuck at the end of the year when when they don't hit 25 points per game they're going to win 10 games i I think they're going to win nine or ten games at a minute if they go any less than nine and three with the schedule moving forward i don't care who's playing quarterback shame on us um because the the schedule's cake after this Uh, a lot of bad teams on the schedule minnesota's not very good and they're coming to town next week um but it's going to be an awkward situation when he doesn't reach 25 points per game I think he's probably going to move on. But I said that last year. But now there's some concrete criteria that we can look at. And there's different administration in place with Beth Getz. How much power does she actually have? I I can't say. But the contract is still there. Um, I understand, you know, the the take of, well, we're taking a risk of just completely throwing consistency in what Kirk has established down the drain. Kirk can't be here forever. He's going to leave at some point. And I don't think it's going to be in 2029. So this late in the game, 24 years into his tenure, Chuck, my feeling on it is the offense is terrible. Um, we don't know if Phil's going to stick around if Kirk moves on. But we've got to tell Kirk, look, you've got to do something different with the offense. And if you refuse to make a change or you're going to go down with the Brian Farrens ship, then we loved you for the 24 years. But it's not worth a few more years of this to run things, continue to run the offense and the whole basically is what they've done with the offense. As bad as it's been, they, they're they dead last in the FPS in total offense. Regardless of the run game today, they are still really bad. The numbers indicate they're really bad offensively, right? We're not going to argue that. So
6: I don't, I don't disagree at all.
1: I mean, at, at some point, I think you just have to look at the big picture and say, hey, all good things come to an end. We don't want Kirk to leave, we want him to leave on his own terms. Uh, but if you know he's got to do what's best for the program, that's bottom line. I, I, just, I don't know what else he's got to do what's best for the program, and not making changes, whether that's OC changes, schematical changes, um, significant changes that can change performance and and give this team a chance to compete against you know a Penn State on the road or a Michigan in the Big Ten championship game or an Ohio State. I know that's hard to do, but the, the Phil Parkers create Phil Parker and LeVar Woods have those two units ready to do that. And so Kirk goes it to the – I believe Kirk owes it to the fan base and to the program to do everything he can, whether he's in his last year or his third to last year, whatever the case may be, to get the program, get the offense to a point where it's complementing those two other units. And it's nowhere close to doing that right now. So, you know, that doesn't take away from the win today. Fabulous win, 15-6 to six on the road. Um, but I'm not going to heap tons of praise on on Brian to win. He, he, you know, did what he needed to do. I thought, I thought his play calling as a game went on was, was okay. Um, again, when you're limited with what you can do in personnel-wise, you're going to work with what you have, and the run game was working, the counteraction continues to, to work to some extent, keep doing it. They don't have a quarterback they have trust in. They don't have receivers that seem to be engaged right now. They're down three tight ends. What else are you going to do? And it, for them, it worked.
6: Yeah, no, like I guess I I I don't disagree with you. I just I don't think how with how Kirk is, I don't think he's really realistically going to look at changing anything. I agree he needs to, but I just now again, I don't know why they haven't looked at Brian as maybe taking a demotion by maybe as the old line coach. I mean, there's things obviously that you can look at, but I I'm still a firm believer that I think Kirk was trying to set this up to where Brian yeah. could succeed him. And I, I don't. Agree. I don't think that he's willing to 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 waver from that. But I mean, I guess there's a lot of good points there that you have. But um, yeah, I guess that's where I look at it. Is am I willing to do all those things, given where where what Kirk has brought, what he's done? I know his re, his refusal to to change on things, but I, I I just don't think the athletic department, including the president, is going to say, hey. We're going to move on, even though they should move on from Brian. But I don't know. But they they can't
1: move. There may be a situation, Chuck, where they can't move on from Brian without moving on from Kirk. That's what I'm saying.
6: And I no, and I actually was going to say the same thing. I I don't, I don't think Kirk would obviously separate from his son. I think it would be both of the two. And be honest, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if this year. And I know you've talked about this before. If if he did, given his contract and given the climate of the conference next year would they both step away that, you know, after, after this season?
1: Find out. I mean, it goes 11 and one, uh, even if they win the, lose the big 10 championship, you go 12, 11 and two, uh, playing a good bowl game and maybe go, man, maybe go 20. What would that be? Uh, they go 12 and two. Am I? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, yeah. 12 and two, potentially 12 and two. I mean, that's not on top because they wouldn't have a big 10 title. It wouldn't be in the playoff, but 12 and two, that might be a, ideal time to walk away he he may not but yeah i i I agree uh chuck i I had to cut you short because I'm. we'll be back monday so call back with coach patterson monday if you can
6: for sure appreciate it
1: thank you sir all right folks appreciate everybody being here iowa defeating wisconsin 15 to 6 here in madison crossover at kinnick tomorrow caitlin clark and the iowa women out at kinnick stadium i saw the uh, court set up in kinnick that was awesome cool to see i'll be there Yes, a lot of driving ahead for me. Long weekend ahead, and then Coach Patterson and I. Stay tuned to social media. You can follow me at From the Hawkeye on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram, uh, From the Hawkeye of the Storm on Facebook. Please hit the like button on your way out. It does help. Um, and again, From the Hawkeye of the Storm, or excuse me, From the Hawkeye at From the Hawkeye on Twitter and Instagram. From the Hawkeye of the Storm on Facebook, and uh, you can check out all of our sponsors. Shop Amazon with us by means of our description. You can find our merch store all in the description, folks. We'll be back with you probably at some point tomorrow with some some content, but then post-game show, live post-game show coverage again on Monday. We'll talk to you soon.